Hello, potential <clears throat> in the water podcast listeners. It's your host, Russell, your good old humble host. Um, I guess I want to talk today a little bit about connection, you know, because it's something that in my life, it's one of my values in life. I value experience and connection. And connection's tricky. It's definitely tricky because, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean to be connected to others and, and, and to ourselves when everything's shifting and changing and all we're in a, a, a never-ending show? We're in a never-ending show, a twisting, turning, ever-bending show from my good old favorite show, BoJack. Gotta love that show. Watch it if you can, if you haven't already. Um, yeah, what does it mean to have connection with people? And <clears throat> if there's any noise, you know, I apologize for my last episode. You know, I was driving. There's a lot of background hum and you know, whirring and wind. And you might hear that again in this one. You know, because it seems to me that you guys are my long drive companions. As I've said before, I'm on a trip uh, back in Ohio right now. But, uh, you know, I'm still going back out there. i got some logistical business to figure out with my car. But for the mean, in the meantime, I'm going to be still traveling a little bit. Um, going to Atlantic City tomorrow. Uh, maybe I'll strike it big gambling. I'm not a real big gambler. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll give it a hundred bucks maybe. You know, see how the slots play me out. Never played blackjack or poker. I would actually like to get into those games because I feel like they're very strategic. I like to be strategic in things. <clears throat> As we've mentioned in my last episode. Yeah, I, I, you know, some connection is weird because, you know, we, we, we have like a fundamental connection with, with life. You know, like I, I tend to think that life itself is a conscious thing. It is a aware because I mean, all we really are is awareness. You know, I mean, like some people are like, well, you know, I feel stuff and I'm aware, and, and so that makes me different. And it's like, no, like all that is is awareness. You know, as we've talked about in the last podcast, I tend to think that everything is mind. We're stuck in mind, and you know, one of the things in mind is environments and and what can not be encapsulated by environment when everything in conscious awareness is an environment or something. So I tend to think that life itself is aware of itself and and perhaps we're even a we are like a the the what's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a we're like a vertices, you know, we're like a center point, a focal point of the universe, like, you know, the windows of the soul, you know, the eyes, it's like through the eyes, there is this, this connection between us and our senses and our, 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 our awareness with, with life itself. And, and so in that life is aware of itself through the things that are, you know, uh, confined within it. <clears throat> and so we have fundamental connection, and, and sometimes I feel like it's even difficult and tricky to understand our connection with ourselves. You know, a lot of the times people are like, oh, I'm anxious, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. 
you know, and that kind of makes us feel like a, an alien or a foreigner to our own connection with ourselves, because it seems to me that people feel like they have to have a positive, uh, you know, approach towards everything, towards themselves, towards their thoughts and their patterns and their behaviors and, and, and everything. Like they have, everything has to be positive. And if it's not positive, then it's not right and something's wrong. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. You know, I have uh, this concept that I think about, which I like to call the higher mind, right? And, um, and it is basically... You know, because if if we are the creator in some sense, and everything is a fabricated construction of the mind, right? Like that's all we are is mind, like awareness of mind. And then, it, you know, we're not only viewing life, but we're also creating it. And and so in that, there is some kind of deeper connection with life itself that we don't totally consciously perceive. Not always. I've had like glimpses into it because I tend to think about it a lot. Uh, you know, but it's basically like this, this deeper connection, you know, because if life is you, if, if, if everything that we're perceiving is you and, and a construction of your own mind, then, then you're perceiving yourself when you're perceiving life and, and you're almost projecting, you know, outcomes and possibilities out into the world that may be manifest by our conscious attention and our, our, our conscious, uh, yeah, it's like kind of like projection, like we're projecting our intention into the universe, and, and with that, since we are fabricating everything through our own mind, we, we tend to create life, and so the higher mind that I like to, to conceptualize is, is this connection, this deeper connection that, to ourselves and to life itself, that, doesn't care. It's amoral. It doesn't care what happens. It just wants something to happen, right? Because that's all really anything is, is happening. And, and so in a way, like for example, let's use my trip, right? So <clears throat> there was a lot of hurdles to get past when I was, you know, preparing for my trip and, and I was very rigid and I didn't really give anybody an option. Right, but there were still obstacles. There were still things that I had to deal with, and and it seems as though you know when you get all of the obstacles out of your way, uh, you know the higher mind itself is like it, kind of challenging you. It kind of wants to see how bad you want it, you know. And and I think that because it's like you know if you're going to confront these new challenges and this new tier of existence, you know we need to see how real you are about it. And so I'm going to set these hurdles, these hurdles and these obstacles in your way. And if you can't get over the hurdles, then you're not ready for this outcome. You're not ready for this happening yet. And so with my trip, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of obstacles and hurdles, very personal and, and mental and psychological as well as social, you know, because I have to, you know, basically say goodbye to everybody, which can be very difficult, you know, especially when everybody has their, their objections and their doubt and their worry and their compassion all mashed together in this weird pathological, pathological package, you know, because it can definitely be interpreted that way that everybody's cynical and, and self-interested. And I tend to, you know, find myself in that glibly nihilistic, you know, 
um, like frame that per perceptive approach towards people and people are very it's difficult to trust people it really is so it's hard to say you know when people are, are like well what if something happens out on your trip and you're by yourself and, and you can't figure it out you know it, it seems to me that you know it's not necessarily just them wondering if that would happen to you and you know how they would feel if something did happen to you but it also seems like a a um, innate self-perceptive fear right like like if like because people most of the most of the time look at life through their own eyes through their own frames of reference and so and their own judgment and like so if something, let's just say my tire broke down on the side of the road and somebody is like, well, I wouldn't deal with things a certain way, you know, I'm going to then project how I would handle the situation onto, you know, good old Russell here. And, excuse me, in, in some sense, that is what's happening. You know, people are looking at, at potential situations that may arise out of the uncertainty and the unknown world out in the wilderness because life is very wild it's very strange and you know that's half of it that's another one of my my values is experience you know like even if my my tire does break down even if like dealing with that problem and and challenge you know like confronting and overcoming those challenges on the road <clears throat> excuse me is half of it's half of it's, it's confronting life, you know, it's confronting yourself, really, because if you are life, you're confronting yourself, so, which is very difficult, you know, holding a mirror up to yourself is not the easy, is not an easy thing to do, and so, that comes in the form of doubt, people come and, you know, when people are, are expressing their concerns about you doing something in your life that, you know, nobody really knows, as I said in my last episode, nobody really knows anything, right? I don't know what, I know there are, you know, very many potential variables that can happen, you know, but I don't know if they will. And, and spending time thinking about potential variables that are unforeseen definitely seems like a waste of time and a waste of energy because when you are out in it, you know, you have to be very strategic with how you spend your energy and how you spend your time and your attention. And and so to, it, it just seems like some kind of self-deprecating, self-limiting aspect to ourselves. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody who's listened to this has heard of, of the word neoteny, right? Neoteny is, it, it occurs in some salamanders and some amphibians where they have the choice to not progress into their mature form. They have the choice. They could, they could stay in their infantile form their entire life unless, you know, they choose that conditions are right. I'm going to, you know, uh, progress into my most mature form. And, and, and so that's called neoteny. And, and it seems to me that there are some Forms, even metaphysical and psychological forms of neoteny that the human beings kind of, um, you know, encapsulate a little bit and, and integrate into our mode of being in life and in the world. And so, you know, the inability to confront ourselves by getting past the hurdles of the higher mind 
you know, is a form of neoteny. It is a form of, of, of regression uh, or stagnation, you know, because I'd rather stand still and live in this, in this uncertain, uncomfortable life. I'm, I'd rather stay in the water than, than confront myself. And so, yeah, with the higher mind, because I was giving an example, you know, with, with, with the hurdles, right? So people kind of project their own neotenous, infantile fears and, and, and self-limitation onto others in this very indirect way that is manifested and perceived by most and the, and, and the majority of people as compassion as, as uh, you know, recognition for caring for somebody. Um, and on one hand, it is. On one hand, they do care about you. They don't want anything bad to happen to you. But on another hand, it is, on the other hand, it is, it is this neotenous aspect to our psyche that I can't comprehend what would make you want to do this? What would make you want to drive into the unknown? I can't comprehend why you would want to look at yourself, why you would want to surge into the deepest chasms of yourself to figure out what you want. Uh, because that's scary, and it is scary. And, you know, but fear is, is, is it, very powerful. It's very powerful, but it's most of the time an illusion. As I previously mentioned, that it is, it is conjecture. You know, uh, as I said, you know, I can't think about my tire blowing out on my drive to Florida, let's say, before I left for Florida. You know, it's it's conjecture. I don't have complete information. I don't know if a coyote or a deer is going to run in front of my car and damage my radiator. I don't know that. And it's conjecture. So to have this self-limiting aspect of our psyche actually hinder our ability to, you know, face those fears and to go into the unknown and to face the higher mind and face yourself uh, is is a form of neoteny in, in my opinion. And, you know, so it is definitely, you know, doubt from other people is definitely one of those one of those hurdles that you have to confront when you when you decide when you choose to make a big change you know because it is a choice and and you know I like to look at a lot of things symbolically right like I tend to look at <clears throat> religious language and like the Bible and you know the Bhagavad Gita and you know all these other and, and Buddhism and now, Buddhism is different a little bit because it's more of a practice than it is a, a uh, you know, um, what's the word? It's more of a practice than it is a study, right? Like, the Bible is a study, you know, um, the Quran is a study. It's not a practice. It's not something that you practice. Buddhism and doing, like, holotropic breathing and meditation is a practice. It's something that invites the individual to, you know, go into the deeper aspects of themselves without going on a trip. It, 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 it calls for you to search inward, look inward, breathe, focus on your breath, focus on what you are, focus on what's happening, right? Because that's all anything is. And so, you know, I definitely don't dismiss religious language. 
but I tend to look at certain religious language and especially re religious study in the form of, of an allegorical, symbolic representation of the human experience and the human condition. And uh, so I love that. And uh, I gotta stop with those disfluencies. I gotta be a little more certain with my language. <clears throat> but I tend to look at religious language through a symbolic lens. Uh, there it is again. <laughs> but you know, we're all just going through the motions. <clears throat> so I tend to look at everything or, or I tend to attempt to look at a lot of aspects of life through a symbolic lens. And uh, so, especially with like connection, right? Like, cause there's many different forms of connection. You know, there's connection between, you know, yourself and life, which is the fundamental connection. There's, there's no separation. There's no getting out of life. You know, there's no way out. You're in it. Your cards, you're playing a card game and all the cards are in it. You're in. You're locked in and, and, and you have no choice. And that's life. And you have the connection with life in that sense where you're all in and there's no way out. You have the connection with your family and, and the people closest to you. And you have the connection with a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Or... You know, and you have the connection with your children. You have many different, and your friends, and, and colleagues, work colleagues, and, and you know, coworkers. And you have many, many different forms of connection. And uh, what does it mean? What is what does it mean to us when our, some connections are more disintegrating and and disempowering to us uh, what does it mean for us to try to establish a connection with ourselves I guess you really got to decide or choose what what connection is important to you in your life you know because if if you have if you value like the connection with a spouse in your life you know it's going to be difficult or it's going to be difficult to establish or, or definitely solidify and cement your connection with yourself. I mean, it's definitely not impossible. You could still meditate. You could still have those, you know, practices that you can put into practice and experience many different forms of, of experience. And, but if you value like your, like your connection with your friends and you also value your connection with your spouse, you know, it could be difficult to integrate both of those connections to a high value position and, and, and something that is going to maintain in the long run. Because sometimes your friends don't like your spouse. Sometimes your spouse don't like your friends. And it can be difficult if we aren't very clear about what connection we truly want in life uh, or what, what connection we truly want to foster in life. Um, I have a difficulty with connection because it's one of my values and, and I tend to want to play all the games. I tend to want to experience all forms of connection that I can and, and hold them 
in the highest regard and build them all up and I want friends that I can do cool shit with. I want people that want to travel, want to experience new stuff with. I also want a spouse that I can trust, that I can lean on emotionally. Like I want many different forms of connection and, and the forms of connection that I've experienced in my life so far or thus far or have in my life thus far uh, is disintegrating. And by that, I don't mean like it's falling apart, although it can mean that. I mean it is not integrating what my values are. It's not aligning with my values. So especially if I want to have the highest form of myself, the highest form of, of maturity, psychological and emotional and physical and mental. Like if you want to actually reach the peak of of your potential but you also value the connection that you have with like your spouse you know it's it can be difficult it can be difficult to integrate all of these things effectively because we tend to not have there's no guide there's no guide there's no log book there's no you know book that tells us how to go about things or how to deal with things the right way and you know, relationships are very precarious. You know, they're very, they're very, you know, slippery sometimes. You know, when when you are with somebody and you guys have a great connection and especially a great emotional or, or mental connection, sometimes physical distance can get in the way of that. You know, like not a lot of people are secure enough in themselves to be like, I'm with you. And we're together and, you know, I don't really want to travel, but I know you do, you know, and, and a lot of the times people in their neotenous forms expect the person who wants to travel to kind of quash and quell their, their, their wanderlust and, and, and their dreams of experiencing more because you value me, you value my connection. And this is where my values can sometimes you know, buttress each other, but they can also sometimes disintegrate each other and they can make you fall out of alignment with what your perceived goals are in life and what you want at the end of it all. You know, um, ten, uh, I've, I've experienced quite a bit of experience. You know, um, one of the things that I have been lacking is, is authentic connection. And with a with another person because I like I okay, let me just kind of back that a little bit, you know, back to like the mind, right? And how I perceive the mind, and how I think that the mind is not our brain. It's not something that we can control. It's not something that we have the ability to totally understand. You know, when I, when, and I'm, this is why I said in my last episode that I could be radically idealistic, that I tend to not think that anything exists unless you're there perceiving it. Um, also, when you're looking at other people, because I, I like to say that other people are the creator, everyone's the creator, you know, and, and you're creating all of this. So if you are the creator and you're creating all of this, then that means that every single person in your life and every single person and friend and stranger that you know and you see, you are constructing. 
that when you look at that person, you're not looking at Joe on the road. You're looking at yourself. You're looking at your own interpretations of what Joe is, you know? And I like to say it like, Joe, like you don't know everything Joe's ever experienced, everything he's ever felt, everything he's ever thought, everything he's ever been through. You don't know everything about Joe. So you have a small subset of information about Joe. You have conjecture about Joe. And you, when you perceive Joe and you look at Joe, you're actually projecting your interpretation of what he is and who he is onto him. So when you're looking at other people in your life, I'm not saying they're not real because they are the vertices of their own world. They are the creator of their own world and their own life and that I'm not diminishing that. But like for me personally, if I run into Joe on the street and you know, a couple days later I run into Joe on the street again, you know, I'm not looking at Joe. I was never looking at Joe. I was looking at me. I was looking at my interpretations of him. Right? So when we're looking at the world and we're looking at the people and the connections in our lives, we're not really looking at those other people. We're not dealing with those other people. We're dealing with ourselves. I really do think that we're always confronting ourselves and that the only real fundamental connection, as I said, which is why I call it fundamental connection, is because it is the connection with you. You know, when you're looking at somebody and you're in a great mood, you know, you may have a totally different outlook on that person than if you would have met them in a bad mood. You might, you know, write them off or, or be shitty to them or even if, like, you met somebody and you were in a bad mood and, you know, blah, 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 and they stayed in your life and they remained in your life, you may have a bitter taste in your mouth about that person because of how you felt when you met that person, when you constructed that person in your mind. But that's you. These are the, so it's, we're really dealing with the, the turbulent aspects of our mind and our emotions when we're dealing with our connections with people. And, and that's why I tend to think that a journey of personal growth is the most difficult. You know, I mean, you can have uh, career growth and it can be very fruitful and it can be very beautiful and, you know, you can sustain a life with that. You can sustain a family and you can do what you feel you need to do in life with that. You know, um, you know, but trying to grow and understand yourself and have immense personal growth can be very difficult because human beings are by nature very contradictory. We're very difficult creatures in the ambience of the fabrication of our own mind. And it's odd to me that I want to kind of point out the fact that, you know, I'm talking about connection. And, and if, let's just say, let's just pretend that what, everything I'm saying is true, that, you know, there is some, some deeper aspect of our mind called the higher mind. It's, it's beyond our unconscious. It's, it's something that we don't perceive. But it is us setting everything up and creating everything and constructing everything. If there is some connection 
to that that we don't totally perceive, then how can we even begin to understand our disconnection? The disconnection to life, alienation, you know, feelings of very powerful alienation that many people feel. Many people feel alienated from life, alienated from nature, alienated from their friends and family and their and their kin. And and how can we how can we begin to understand connection when we can barely understand our disconnection and disassociation with it. Because fundamentally, if everything I'm saying is true, then really, it's the disconnection in ourselves that creates the turbulence in our connection to everything else. Because you are everything else. You are everything else. So if you're turbulent within yourself, within your own personal growth and your own personal goals, then it may, it very well may manifest that you are turbulent in all other aspects of your life because you're not looking inward. You're not looking at yourself. You're not really thinking logically about where you are or who you are or what you are. And those are all crazy mystical questions that people have been asking since the dawn of time. So I'm not expecting anybody, including myself, to even begin to answer those questions. We're just, you know, we're just spitballing ideas. But it really kind of sheds a little bit of light on, on connection and disconnection is, is there is the, the balance, the polarity, the, the, um, the dichotomous opposition between connection and disconnection. Because there is, there does appear to be some disconnection illusory or not between us and life between us and the world between us and our our own species our own people and really I think that that can come from a disconnection from ourselves, a disconnection of who we are and what we want and that may actually come about because people are, are not they don't regard themselves as strong enough to face the fear and the uncertainty in their life and 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 like let's just say if I never would have went on this trip if I never would have done this you know I may become very turbulent in all other aspects of my life because I'm not regarding myself as doing what I know I should be doing or think I should be doing and so you know other people can suffer because I have this disconnection between myself, my relationship between myself and life, which is my relationship with me and me. It's me versus me, baby. And so with all of that being said, as I love to say, apparently on this podcast, um, I, I regarded this trip, it, it was very strange as it was all playing out and as it was all happening. People were acting like I was dying, right? And and I liked to regard it as a symbolic death, which would be something in literature, right? Where like, you know, Frodo, right? In Lord of the Rings. Like who Frodo was when he left the Shire was not who Frodo was when he returned back to the Shire. And so all of the people in that book, in that universe, would have 
perceived Frodo as having a symbolic death. In literature, that is symbolic death. Is that he is not the person now who he was when he left. And people were... And I was, I was telling my friend quite a bit, actually, when this was all happening, that people... This is a symbolic death. And that's why people were aggrieved. People were grieving the loss of me. I was still around. I was still there. I was still who they regarded me to be. But it was still a symbolic death, and people were grieving in their own ways. They were dealing with it in their own ways. And, and to a degree, I understand that, because a symbolic death in the form of like a loved one, someone nearby, somebody that you're close with or you regard yourself to be close with, for them, like I recognize, like let's just say I'm somebody in my family who was acting as though I was dying. You know, they, in their reality, who I am, the Frodo before the Shire, <clears throat> was Russell, who worked at a factory, who, you know, lived on this street in, you know, this city in Ohio. Like, all of these things are what make up how people perceive me. Because, like I was saying a little bit ago, people project their own conjecture of what you are onto you. And so in a way, when when they were regarding my leaving as a symbolic death, they were regarding their own symbolic death. Because how does my connection with this person who is totally acting uncharacteristic and, and uprooting and getting rid of all of their security, <clears throat> what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me when he leaves? Who, who will I be if I don't hit him up on every Thursday or we go out to eat at, at a restaurant every Saturday? Like, if that's not there, who? Do, what will I do then? Who will I be then? And so it is a symbolic death, not only for me, but for that person. Because as I said, everybody, every individual is the creator and, and they're all dealing with the, the ambience of their own mind. The, the turbulent, the turbulent water of their own mind. <clears throat> and, and it really comes down to connection. It comes down to connection. Because just because I was the one acting in, in this very difficult to deal with way doesn't mean it didn't affect people. doesn't mean it didn't ripple outward. And so the connection is there. The, like how my decisions and my choices are plucking other people's strings in their own life and in their own mind. And so the connection that we have in life and with other people is very real. It's very real and I, I think it's very powerful and it goes way beyond our levels of comprehension. There's no way that I would have known when I first made this choice how much it would have changed things. How much it would have you know, caused people to rethink and reassess and, 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 you know, reconfigure themselves and their own minds and their own lives. <clears throat> and we all have that effect. We are all very much more powerful than we even realize. And it only takes one choice to, to become aware of that. I implore you. I implore you to do something that you've always wanted to do. And no matter what cost, no matter what it comes at the cost of, because like I said, I feel like this, where I'm at now came at the cost of somebody very important to me. 
and that's not easy it's not easy to deal with the loss of that connection but at the same time you know there's it's we're still in the water you know things can still work out for us in the future we never know how it's going to turn because it's an ever changing ever bending shell as said by bojack horseman maybe um best scene by my favorite scene in that show is is showstopper the episode showstopper i think it's season five <clears throat> not sure <clears throat> best best part i love that part but it is it is it's an ever turning ever changing ever bending show and the audience is everyone you know my friend because this is all a play this is all a construction this is all something that we are creating in our mind <clears throat> but the connection is real because the connection between you and you is real it's very real so how do we deal with connection how do we deal with connection that's more powerful than we imagine I'm going to touch a little bit on what happened a couple months ago, a couple months before I, you know, had this entanglement with my previous lady friend. I have this friend that I grew up with. I've known her for 10 years and, you know, I never would have known the connection that we had. You know, we went five years without talking and, you know, it's like, oh, well, then you didn't really know her for 10 years. It's like, okay, I'll give you that. I've known her for five years. How about that? And... She came back into my life about a year ago. We started talking, and it was as if no time had passed at all. Which You know what they say about that. But I realized that she was just like me. She was like my doppelganger. She was like my, my uh, you know... I didn't want to put words to it. People kept trying to tell me what it was, and they tried to tell me what they perceived it was. But it wasn't that wasn't that people were like oh that's your twin flame oh that's your soulmate oh you're in love you're this you're that and they kept trying to put it in a box and how it felt to me was so transcendent it was so it was so much deeper than anything I experienced any other connection that I experienced with somebody else and I recognized even at the time I recognized that the intense and true depth of emotion that I felt for this person was within me it was it was mine that was like the depth of emotion that I was feeling was me and everybody and I, and I kept pointing that out it was the connection not the girl you know and, and everybody's like oh it's just a girl you're getting all focused on the symbol you're getting focused on the person and I'm like no you are I'm talking about the connection that I have with this person and that's me that's what I'm acknowledging but it, it was this really crazy connection where I like was telepathic and, and like if anything was like going wrong with her, I would get this really powerful feeling uh, to make sure she was okay. And, you know, I would text her and be like, are you okay? And she would, you know, eventually, if not immediately, she would reaffirm like, no, it wasn't okay. You know, and she actually used it. And this is where it's not like, oh, I'm reading into things. Because a lot of the times people try to tell me that I read into stuff, which I don't. Um... Aside from my, you know, deep contemplative aspect to myself, you know, where I contemplate things very deeply. Um, but with people, I feel like I'm very, very adept at the very least at 
reading social cues, reading people, like reading the signs, you know, reading the writing on the wall. And, and, and this was not me reading into this because she like reaffirmed it. One day I got this crazy, I was at work and I set up, you know, my job and, and I sat down and I started working and I got this crazy sinking feeling, right? And it felt like my heart just fell to my stomach. And it sat there. I'm not really an anxious person. Like, I'm almost never anxious. I never feel anything like like that. But I just felt like my heart rate, my heart rate, I actually checked it, was like, it was super high. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like 110 beat, beats per minute. And it was like I was sitting. I was sitting down. There's no reason that it should have been that high. Oh, high blood pressure. No, it wasn't that either, by the way. <laughs> um... But for some reason, I felt like it had something to do with her. And I texted her, and, and she didn't respond. And several hours later, at like 8 p.m., I eventually got a hold of her, and she told me that at 8 o'clock, right around the time that I felt this sinking feeling, that she got into a car accident. And, uh, you know, she actually said, like, I swear you're telepathic. And I said, why? She's like, every time something, like, I'm not okay, it's like, you know it. And you text me, and you make sure I'm okay, or you call me, and, and, and she, like, reaffirmed what I was feeling. It was weird. <clears throat> and, it, you know, it only got stronger as we com continued to communicate. Like, I started to experience it all the time. You know, and so it wasn't always bad, either. Like, there was there was good ones, but I'm going to kind of, like, there's there was too many of them for me to, like, describe them um, but there's all those disfluencies that keep saying um, which is annoying. I'm sorry. But anyway, it was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. And, and, and other people kept trying to tell me, like, I know what you're going through. Like, no, you don't. Because I don't even know what I'm going through. I don't know what this is. This is something I've never felt before. And, it, you know, with her coming into my life, I realized that I never really cared about anybody. I never really cared about anybody, and I know that that sounds shitty to say, because I have cared about people, but like a lot of the times, and if we look at ourselves and our own connections with people in our life, a lot of them are transactional. A lot of them are based around what we get from that person. You know, like, whether it's sexual stimulation or, or, or sexual gratification or, you know, uh, even mental satisfaction and stimulation and... and or emotional, like it's always like based on what somebody's providing, even if it's just their, you know, their physical presence. Like I just need you to be around, and if you're not there, if you're not around, which is actually like one of the things I was talking about with a spouse a little bit ago, is, you know, sometimes people are very physically connected, and and I have these deeper goals of travel, and it's like I still want to be with you, I still value you as a spouse, and I want that connection with you that I have but I have this insatiable wonderlust. And, and a lot of the times, like, distance and physical, you know, physical distance is a deal breaker. Physical distance can, can definitely, like, not many people can be like, oh, well, I love you, and I care about you, and I want you to do what you want to do, and I'll still be here. And that's very difficult for people. So, you know, this connection that I had with this person seems to transcend time and space because we went five years without talking and 
And as soon as we picked up, picked up, you know, I realized who she was and, and how similar we are. We're like the same person in a different body, in a different gender. It's so weird. It's so weird as I learn more, as I, I'm around her more, and I like witness her doing things that I do that I've never seen anyone else do or, you know, like behave and act and, and you know, I like to call it performing because I like, I like to perform. I like to be very certain. Like I have a strange sense of humor, whatever, but I've seen her perform and like other people, like, like our sarcasm is like the same and it goes over people's heads. So a lot of the times when we're performing, it's like we're entertaining ourselves, you know, and, and other people are perceiving it as real like you know oh my god like you why would you do that or why and it's like they don't realize it's escaping them that it's a joke that it's that it's not real but i see it i saw that in her which is bizarre so it's like we're like the same person in so many ways you know and and our connection seems to transcend time and space and it's not a romantic connection. Like, I've never had sex with this girl. I've never kissed this girl. Like, we've never had a romantic, you know, entanglement. This is just strictly, like, platonic connection. It was, it's an authentic connection. It's weird. It's really weird. And so, like, you know, in that, in learning all of this and, and feeling all of this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, around the same time I was tapping into my heart space, as the, the last time on my, the last episode I was talking about, I tend to live in my head space a lot. And I've been kind of integrating my heart space and my head space, which I really do think a person needs to do to, to totally mature and be fully in alignment. Because if you totally approach life in your head space, being logical and rational, like you're gonna, like a lot of stuff is gonna escape you. And if you live in the realm of emotions and feelings, then a lot of other stuff is gonna escape you. And I really do think that you need a full integration of your heart space and your head space to become not neotness, to become the mature form, to become the final progression of what we're meant to be. And so this connection with this girl was very bizarre, very bizarre. And I learned that I cared about her. It wasn't what she provided to me. I mean, some people, and, and, you know, deconstructionists, or I don't know if it would be constructionists or deconstructionists, would be like, no, you were still getting, it was still transactional. You were still getting a satisfaction out of realizing that there's somebody out there like you, which is true in a sense, but it was like, you know, I didn't necessarily need her physical presence around. I didn't necessarily need that reassurance and that reaffirmation to know. And I just knew. I just knew stuff with her, which is weird. And I care about her and cared about her. And it was the first time that I realized, like, I didn't need to get anything from this person to care about this person. And that still sounds so shitty because with language, especially like English language, there's connotation that's put on certain words and phrases and sentences that is negative, that is inherently negative. And so to say, you know, I never cared about somebody beyond what they provided to me is very shitty. It's very selfish, you know, but I do tend to think that humans are, are in, in some sense selfish, like it's partly in our nature. 
because our nature encapsulates the whole spectrum. It doesn't, it's not just, oh, positive emotion and positive thoughts and positive affirmation and positive intent. It's all the shitty stuff too. You know, you are divine and unholy. You are both. You are, you hold both balances in your soul. And you can, and I can get into the whole, that whole stuff a different time. But this connection with this person showed me, like, I never really cared about anybody on that level before. And, and, you know, that is, that was an authentic connection, in, in my opinion. And I feel like I really am, like, you know, on some membrane, I'm on some precipice, you know, in my heart space, in myself, in my personal growth, to be able to kind of tap into something that's a little more authentic than what I have previously, you know, tolerated and previously found myself occupying. And I really do think that we need, we need to go through those mundane and, you know, toxic and, and very, you know, diminishing experiences and relationships to be able to really understand and perceive the gravity and the actual value of something good or something more than what we're used to. And... So, with that being said, I really do think, like, in some sense, all of us, I feel like all of us are starving for authenticity, for authentic connection. And it's almost like we know it, because, like, when, when, we, when we talk about, like, the truth, you know, like, we're like, that's the only way to live, that's the only way to move forward. It's like we know it. We know that the only way forward is through authenticity. The only way to to truly grow into that into that final form and that final state of, of human conscious awareness maturity is through truth and authenticity. And I think that you know, with like what I'm doing on this journey in in my travels on my trip, is it seems as though every time I'm searching something like in a new experience, it's like I'm searching for something a little more authentic than the last thing that I felt, than the last experience that I had. I'm not saying I didn't value the things that I felt and had in the past, but it definitely seems very listless. It seems like like it, it escapes us. Authenticity, in some sense, escapes us and turns into mundaneity. It turns mundane. You know, like, if you if you get with, let's just say I got with this girl that I was talking about, you know, then that crazy, deep, transcendent connection might become mundane because I might become used to it. I might become complacent with it. It might become comforting. It might become normal. And so it seems to me that there, there definitely is some progression towards life in, in some way that we don't totally understand we can't fully comprehend because a lot of the times people look at things and they want to look at things in a positive way and we cannot understand how bad things or things coming to an end or things that feel bad or things that make us grieve or make us sad or make us angry can be good and can actually push us into the direction of deeper connection with authenticity. And I really do think 
that that is what everyone is striving for, is something real, something to hold on to. Because it seems as though life is always telling us, just let go. Just let go. You know, we're, we're always trying to hold on to something. We're always trying, whether it's a relationship or like, you know, because sometimes we could build people up in our minds in the past. You know, like, oh, I had this great relationship with this girl that I was talking about in the last episode, but not anymore. And so it's like, I can still hold her in my mind in that position, on that pedestal. And, and it seems as though life is trying to tell us, just let go. You know, you're trying to create something with this person that's unsustainable because that person is going to change and that person is going to reorient themselves and that person is eventually going to die and so are you and you need to just let go of trying to create something solid to hold on to because people definitely clutch people definitely cling and it seems as though no matter what we're doing we're trying to cling on to something that will outlast us and life itself or, or, you know, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, because this is about connection, the connection that you are telling yourself through life, let go. Because nothing, nothing is permanent. You can't hold on to anything. And it's like smoke. Everything is like smoke. It's like trying to grab onto smoke. And I just really question connection. I question motivation and I really don't think that anybody really knows what they want I really don't like nobody really knows what they want because whenever they get to a point where they get what they want they want something else you know or, or like oh I wanted to go on this trip so bad for so long and it felt like a light at the end of the tunnel and this is where it's crazy and it becomes like meta connections right like I have this connection with who I am right now with this idea, this thing that I'm working towards, that that is a light at the end of the tunnel. I have this connect, and it helps everything become bearable. It helps everything become bearable, and and so I had what seemed to be a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to leaving, you know, on my trip. And when I got there, when I was in the tunnel and I was exiting the tunnel, it didn't feel like there was a light at the end of the tunnel anymore. It didn't feel like that. It just suddenly changed. And so the connection that I had with that idea changed. And so there's like meta connections, there's personal connections, there's connections with others, which I guess there's really only meta connections and personal connections because everything and everyone in your life is you, in my perspective. So there's really the personal connection and then there's meta connections which actually can be kind of encapsulated within the personal connection. Because it all really comes back to you. No matter what, you are the final arbiter. It really comes back to you and how you know emotionally turbulent you are, how mentally turbulent you are, and how you, how, I like to call it a perceptual frame, or a, a, a perceptual approach, right? Like, if, like as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, if you met somebody in a shitty mood, you know, you might approach that person perceptually from now on in a negative light. And so we have these perceptual approaches towards life and towards people and towards ourselves. And we don't totally understand. We don't totally understand. We don't know what we want because everything changes. 
everything changes all the time. So, with that being said, we should just really reconsider our connection with ourselves and what we want and what we value and what we do and what we say. And we should really bring ourselves, or attempt to bring ourselves into alignment. Make everything that you do and say and think and feel in alignment. Make them work together. Make them buttress off of each other. Make them stronger off of each other and from each other. And then perhaps we can move into a newer stage of authenticity with ourselves. And that might not be easy. Like You might have to admit some really scary, shitty things about yourself before you can move forward and become authentic right now with everybody in your life, especially yourself, because that is everybody in your life. And connection is very beautiful. It's very beautiful. Disconnection can be very difficult. And we need, I think, just to watch our disconnection and connection to the things that we give our attention to. And, uh, you know, I'm running out of time here. But, uh, you know, it's really cathartic, honestly, to just ramble on to this unknown, invisible army of people, potential listeners. I really do just feel like I could be myself and, you know, express my own thoughts. And, and you know, people are going to take it how they're going to take it because I'm not going to pander. I'm not going to change my thoughts because I, I definitely try to be integrated. I definitely try to be in alignment with what I say, think, do, feel. And that's not gonna change. Nobody's gonna change that. But it is really nice to have people potentially listening and relating to this and maybe, you know, even just reconsidering, just rethinking. I mean, we're all in this together. We're all, I like to call it mystery soup. We're in mystery soup together. You know, nobody knows what's happening. We're in the water. We're in the water together. On the In the Water podcast. And uh, until next time. Peace.